Welcome everybody to uh what is this DT season uh 35 of uh of the breakdown. Uh, yes, on- it was it's like Doctor Who up in this piece right here, right? <laughs> so it just keeps going. Uh welcome everybody back. This is a bit of a one-off pod. We're going to have one as well after free agency signings are officially made official, uh which of course is the interesting part of CFL free agency that we'll get into here coming up in a little bit. But uh first and foremost, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for being back. Uh DT on OB is where you can find Derek Taylor, of course, uh, from CJOB out there in Winnipeg at TSN underscore Marsh is where you can find me. Uh, we want to give a big shout out to our good friends over at Fox 40. Master your game plan with Fox 40 coaching boards. Choose from a range of clipboards and carry boards to help your sideline needs. Visit fox40shop.com to shop coaching boards and more and take 15% off your entire order by using the promo code CFP15. Uh, the pre, <laughs> pre-free agency era now that we have this open window of, of communication and negotiation, I was writing something for CFL.ca this morning, DT, that was, uh, I basically pitched them on the idea of the tangled web that we weave, which is every single move that is made in free agency has an effect on a different team, different roster. It moves puzzle pieces. It changes salary cap situations. It's what makes this time of year so much fun. But I think there's actually an argument to be made whether it be because of ownership instability in Montreal uh, or, uh, you know, different like the Bo Levi Mitchell move, like having a big name quarterback get moved like that. This year's free agency, essentially since November, since the Bo move, I think has been more exciting than the ones we've seen in recent years. That might be CBA stuff because of what they're able to offer in contracts and otherwise. But for me, it's been more exciting because I kept thinking back as I was writing that article this morning of, you know, sometimes I remember sitting down and doing radio and really trying to pump up like, hey, we're doing this free agency show. It's going to be crazy. Darrell Walker, he could go anywhere. And then we sit yeah. there for two months and we're like, well, why did we even use that to promote the show? Because like I assumed he was going to sign that day and he just didn't for weeks and months. So this time around, you get kind of the slow drip, if you will, of the signings through December and the re-signings in January. And then we get close to this communication period and things start to heat up. And now you're literally seeing like, if this person moves, like if West Hill leaves Hamilton, it looks like James Butler might go right in there. If you have, yep. uh, you know, Jameer Thurman come in and playing here, well, Javan Santos Knox is going over there. Well, where does Avery Williams go? And that's what this podcast is kind of about is like the puzzle pieces that are being shifted around right now. You can actually see if you deconstruct it, where teams are deciding this person's leaving. We need blank. Who fits that need? What can we do based in the the financial ramifications that we have? So I think that's an incredibly intriguing situation. My my friends and family have gotten tired of me just wandering around the house for the last couple of days <laughs> and, and about every <laughs> 10 minutes or so, just letting out a, huh? Yeah. Because I just keep trying to think through situations of why teams are doing things. Who's going to be the ex in Edmonton with Stephen Dunbar, right? <laughs> Kenny Lawler decides he's going to Winnipeg. Edmonton throws a ton of money at Stephen Dunbar, a guy who last year played the same position as Dylan Mitchell, who looks like a star in the yep. making. Oh, well, one of them's going to have to go into the slot. Well, okay, well, Marshall, let's have a 45-minute discussion about that, right? What's what's BC going to do? Okay, well, they are start going with Vernon Adams at quarterback, now having signed him through 2024. Is Montreal going to sign anybody? And then is Saskatchewan going to sign everybody from Montreal? Because that would not be a bad move based on where both those teams were last season. It's been fantastic. And having this, what is it, nine-day period in order to, to do this and to watch it play out and go, 
oh, West Hills is going to move? Oh, okay. Well, Hamilton, which doesn't believe in running backs, is going to sign the preeminent running back in the free agent class? Let's talk about how that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's terrific. Toronto, I, I don't know what Toronto is going to do either, but at least they're they're more, I'm more sure about them than I am Montreal. It's, it's, it's a terrific. Maybe the 14th is kind of, oh, that's all we get on the 14th. It's just officially done. Like, as opposed to, 11.01 a.m. on the 14th used to be, oh, my God, that guy moved? How, yeah. how, did, he, how did he get a deal in the first two minutes? Oh, he, oh, there was tampering? Oh, okay. Well, now it's legal. And it leads to a ton of terrific conversation. And we get to see what what particular GMs and coaches and staffs are all about. It's, fan, it's fascinating so far. This is one of the questions that I've been wondering about as I wander around the house is – Montreal losing a bunch of their players. Really, right now it's Trevor and and Jake Winicky, but let's say it's Gino, and you know, let's say that Walter Fletcher goes somewhere else. Whatever. Saskatchewan getting those Montreal guys. Uh, I'm I'm super interested in this because I don't see a lot of movement in fixing the primary issue, which was the offensive line for them last season, and I don't know how much ability there is for Jeremy O'Day to fix the situation in place. I even saw a, a quote from Craig Dickinson that said, uh, you know, you don't want to move on from somebody like Dan Clark until you know there's somebody better in-house. I'm like, well, that's that's yeah. kind of kind of damning maybe that you've decided that you're not going to go get and develop where you haven't planned ahead or you haven't found somebody through your scouting in somebody that could potentially be better than him. Nothing against Dan Clark. It's just I, I'm I'm interested that Trevor Harris is viewed as like the fix-all in this situation for Saskatchewan and why he gets the ball out quickly. He makes smart decisions and they're trying to surround him with things that are user friendly for what he wants to do. But I don't know if I would, if I would build my whole construct offensively, especially with the one year contracts there for O'Day and Dickinson around let's bring Trevor Harrison and do everything that Mm. he wants just because there was a bad ownership situation in Montreal. Again, it might work out great, I'm just interested in how Saskatchewan got to this place of let's go after these people and spend this money because they're basically saying anything we do that's similar to how Montreal ended their season in the East final is better than what we did in the West last year. There's a couple points on that one. I think Harris could end up the second highest paid player in the league just because there are not remember where we were in 2019 where there were a ton of, quarterbacks and oh my gosh this is going to be great maybe even into 21 going Bo's going to bounce back here's Michael Riley this Nathan Rourke kid is it high in the draft Fajardo and Vernon Adams Jr. looked amazing in 2019 we're in a great place we're not there in 2023 there's one great quarterback in Zach Kolaris and then there's everybody else and Trevor Harris might be the number two quarterback in the CFL it might be you, you can pick three other guys it might be as well but Trevor Harris might be number two so Saskatchewan looks at that and goes, no, we can have the number two quarterback. We just have to commit to two to two years for a guy who is, in CFL terms, quite old. Mm-hmm. It's better than where we were. And when you look at, I thought that the Harris move, I mean, you're not going to run it back with Cooper Richardson at right tackle, I, I hope, because holding penalties, there were just too many holding penalties and, and turnstiles in that in offensive line. But Harris, you mentioned, gets the ball out quick. It's not Jake Mayer, lowest depth of target I've ever seen in my life quick, but it's fast, right? And it's going to take the pressure off Evan Johnson and if it's Parker Bandy and Logan Furland, that interior offensive line and those edges. You get it out quick to the right receivers. And 
I, I just feel like they're going to notice a, a dramatic difference. Harris is going to make that line better. Will it be good is, is a whole other thing. Will it be Calgary in 2022 good? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe no, but better. So without, without having to find and try to convince what, what offensive lineman gets to free agency, Marsh? Like, name a big offensive lineman that's going to get to February 14th, not resigned by his team. Teams seem to get, hey, offensive linemen are very important. Yeah, I'm looking through who is signed from the O-line group right now, like Isaiah Cage, Trevante, Dino Boyd, uh, Andrew Pearson, Stanley Bryant, Jamarcus Hardrick, and then you got Zach Williams, nope. who's a high, highly talented Canadian. Derek Dennis uh, resigns, of course, back there in Calgary. Drew Desjardins comes out of nowhere back from the Patriots in the NFL. David Neville's resigned. So now you're looking at the O-line group, and it's like Suk Chung, Joel Figueroa, Peter Godbear. Like, I assume that BC's going to get most of those done. I don't know where the Tony Washington stuff stands in Edmonton. Uh, I mean, Colin Kelly suspended for the first couple of games. He's a tie cat pending free agent. Justin Lawrence was, and he was rough this year with two teams. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Philip Blake, I think is one of those swing guys that adds value, but I, I don't know why Toronto would let him get to that point. I actually thought I wrote an article on CFL.ca a while ago that was kind of like wishlist of where people could go. I actually thought Philip Blake might be a really good, short-term fix for what's ailing uh, the riders because he's been there before for him to be able to go back, understand the situation he's getting into and also add positional flexibility for them that he's proven he has, of course, throughout his history in the league from center to guard to tackle uh, or sorry from, yeah, kind of working from the inside out. And, uh, and I think that that's, that's something that would really help Saskatchewan survive uh, at least another season until they can start to kind of backfill in a way that might be a little bit more meaningful. But to your point, yeah, there's it's when you're looking at receivers, you've got 35, 40 guys at this point that are going to get there. Like maybe, you know, 25, 30, if I'm looking at the actual list in the offensive line group, as I sit here right now, there's 18 bodies that are available. And of those five are probably going to make your team better. Not the same, not worse, not who knows. There's like maybe five guys on there that I know will make your football team better if it's put in the right situation. Yeah, uh, Michael Couture, the Bomber Center, looks like he's going to get the free agency. That's Ucombre Williams is a guy you mentioned, positional flexibility. He's been center. He's been tackle. Darius Soraco, okay, yeah, but... Yeah, all the all the big dogs, uh, apart from Figueroa, who I thought was fantastic in BC mm-hmm. this past year, all the big dogs are taken by their current team. So if you're trying to fix your offense, you c- couldn't. You, there there weren't the bodies, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to. If you're Sas, go. All right. Well, we may have to go to uh, go to American free agents, like American young guys who have never been up here, and, and go at it that way. We're probably set on our interior just because that's that's the way it goes. But let's fix it on the outside, and then. Well, Sass needs to get get to work on some receivers too. Yeah, like Jake Winicky, fine, but unless Geno Lewis is coming to take over from Shaq Evans and you're re-signing Kyron Moore, like it's Braden Lenius and Jake Winicky who are both kind of three strong guys. Okay, well, okay, I assume you're going to move Winicky into Kyron Moore's spot or or over across to the to Duke Williams' spot, right? Duke Williams. Nobody talking about Duke Williams. Where that's gone in the last year? Hey, oh man. Yeah, that's Ooh. a very different yard penalty while you're in your street clothes and and ain't nobody talking about you anymore. Uh, the the yeah. one interesting Sask, one. Sask is going to be the one. Like, no, I was just going to say I apologize by the way for the bad Zoom connection today a little bit for everybody who if there's some glitching here and there. But uh, the the one that I wanted to ask you about is 
like obviously Kenny Lawler coming back to Winnipeg from Edmonton. I saw you tweeting some stuff about that. I got a lot of respect for Kenny's game. Was I an idiot for thinking that Greg Ellingson was a lock to resign? I th- I wondered about that. He played seven games this past year. I think I think it was seven games, just with a couple of injuries. When he played, he was like the beginning of the season. We we watched that, and, and fans who saw it watched it went, "Wow, this guy and Zach are on the same page." And he would go into trouble spots, and Zach would fire to tight windows, and Ellingson would take a massive hit and and bring the ball down, and then he gets injured. Uh, he gets twelve was it twelve catches against Calgary, and then he was out for a real stretch go this guy is for real and if not for dalton shown going from unknown to total superstar it would have been the greg ellingson show in winnipeg en route to the the gray cup final Mm -hmm. so uh, i'm i'm a little surprised but i wonder you get into your 30s and you start to have injuries even if it is just one year truly with ellingson what's the what's the concern plus uh, I mean, from the Bombers' perspective, they know they know Kenny Lawler, right? They, Kenny Lawler was a Bomber for two seasons, and that guy is that guy. I, I I keep trying to find a way to describe how he plays, but he plays like he's mad at everybody else for even trying to breathe on the football, and he's mad at the air for trying to knock it from his arms. He play. <laughs> oh, I in in the in the tire fire that was the Elks twenty twenty two season, I fell deeply in love with Kenny Lawler in his game because. That cat works hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a hard uh, time analyzing him because it's not as though he is exclusively a deep ball catcher. I think he does more than that. Uh, but like you say, in Edmonton, it was difficult to read. And even thinking back about his impact on Winnipeg in you know the 2019 run, it was uh, hard to read because they were going through all of the quarterback uh, tumultuous situations, right? Because it was the, everybody knows at this point, it was the whole Nichols to Strebler to, to Calaro's coming in and taking the job and running away and his ending up with the great cup. And um, he was in so many different situations with so many different people. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to get a full year read of him playing with Zach and Zach being the established guy, because now it will be Kenny, come here. I need you to run it like this. This is how we do it in this offense. Whereas 2019, I think it was probably Lawler coming to Zach and saying, can you do it like this? That's how Nichols did it. And that's mm. a completely different approach to how their connection will work out. Yeah. And uh, off the top, you mentioned Lawler. I mean, he's coming back from Edmonton to uh, Winnipeg. And you and I discussed this when he signed. Really, he's going to Edmonton with that quarterback situation. Well, now he's doing the absolute reverse, right? Going from not a great quarterback situation to the best one in the CFL and, and a guy he knows. And I, and I put up the stat yesterday. Uh, there were 40, there were 40 receivers who had 50 plus targets playoffs included last season of them. Lawler was 37th in the number of accurate targets, the percentage of accurate targets he got like Taylor Cornelius and company made it real hard on Lawler the ball was low or high or five yards behind him or out of bounds, right? Like there's, there's only so much you can do. So, I mean, that guy, eight, pretend it's a seven, 16 game season for law. That dude's putting up 1500 yards in this yeah. offense. It, it's going to be crazy because, Oh, by the way, uh, Dalton shown may well still be on the other side. And oh, by the way, here, Nick Dembski on the corner route, or the that is, a, that is a troika in Winnipeg that is going to absolutely terrify everybody. Even if it means they can't spend in other spots, 
I, I'm of the offense wins championships mind, and and Winnipeg has a lot of offense right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's uh, let's round this conversation out for today by by looking at most surprising players that have not been re-signed by their team, in your opinion. Um, I think for me, the first one that jumps out, because even I saw Dunk reporting what he was asking for, and I don't think it's too much, even though the article was framed as, you know, he's making you know, asking for big bucks and all the rest. Tim White, I felt like in Hamilton was necessary like i thought yeah. i thought dunbar would go somewhere else and he has because if you can only keep one of those two then i thought that it made the most sense to keep tim white but the fact that tim white isn't done yet if he starts getting offers from other places that that could be i assume he already is but that could be problematic because hamilton is john don jackson released west hills potentially going to ottawa um, and you're looking around the receiving room in Hamilton, you're like, well, Lamar Durant's a free agent, but he didn't really give you what you wanted. And then you got, you know, Ty- Tyler Turnowski coming in, but he he fills a, a niche spot. It's not really going to be a primary producer for you. You're starting to be like, for a team that was more dependent on two receivers than any other team in the CFL last year, if they were to lose White and Dunbar, uh, I really don't know what that would kind of look like for Hamilton's offense with Bo. And I'm surprised that I thought once the money was allotted to Bo, that everything else would open up. They'd be able to spend in all these different directions and surround him and make executive decisions. It hasn't really felt that way. And Tim White, for me, is near the head of the list, maybe next to Micah Johnson and Julian Hauser, just in terms of Hamilton centric, but they got, I mean, Cam Kelly, Siante Evans, Jamal Roll. There's a lot of names on Hamilton's roster that are not done yet. And for Hamilton fans, I think it's it's yeah. either that it's either that the Ticats have the great flair for the dramatic and they're gonna close all these deals in the next couple of days, or there's gonna be a lot more turnover than we would have expected in a Grey Cup hosting year. I mean, they did resign Miles Manalo, so you got that nailed down. That's that's a I didn't even Apologies know he was listed Miles as a Manalo, fullback. Yeah, Hamilton's list is incredible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's uh, when I popped out of my depth chart. I'm like, I don't, I don't know that that's correct. Um, it, it is weird. I, I wonder if the Tim White, we we haven't heard anything. If that says something about Braylon Addison coming back from that Achilles, because those are two guys who do the multiple things in that offense. Yeah. I would love to have them both. Yes. Uh, and I would love to have Tim White over the nothing that they've currently signed uh, because Tim White is is really good. So, yeah, I'm really I'm surprised at what Hamilton has not done. And maybe they are, are prepping for a big splash. But that one is surprising. I mean, they're going to lose uh, Dunbar. So they'll I don't know. You can move guys out to be that X receiver, I guess. And you don't have to pay him two hundred thousand dollars that the Elks are going to pay him. But I really thought I really thought White plus Addison was was going to be the. Uh, play for Hamilton but yeah nothing from way yet I am I, I I'm, I'm writing a piece for uh, for the folks at, at Global Air website and there are four guys on my list of I would back up the money truck to you and sir please take whatever you need from this money truck and come play for my football team two of them have two of them signed already in uh, Lawler and Nick Dembski uh, the one I don't get Falaron Arimalade of Calgary I uh, Sounds like just seeing Danny Austin of the, of the Sun and Herald tweet, uh, it seems like they're going to let him walk. And I don't understand because all the, all he does, he's not the ideal size for a defensive end, but I don't care because he's three and four quarterback pressures a game. He was by far the league leader in quarterback pressures this, this past year, playing 17 games plus a playoff game. 
the, the rest of the top 10 in quarterback pressures, average age 31 years old. Hmm. Arimalade is 27. 27. Four extra years, yeah. and they're not going to sign him. They got James Vaughters back, fine, whatever. Arimalade is a guy that I would just, please, just whatever you need, leave some for some of the rest of the guys if you don't mind, uh, and we'll clean up after you, but take whatever you need from this money truck. Because that guy, you can say, well, they don't all turn into sacks. And again, I don't care. Because when you're getting 50 and 60 quarterback pressures a year, eventually those are going to turn into sacks. The Ja'Garrett Davis story. If you constantly get pressure, those are going to turn into sacks. Those are going to turn into the great plays for you and for somebody else. Calgary's about to let a 27-year-old future defensive player of the year walk? Is that what I'm seeing in Calgary? And if it is, I can't believe it because I, I just think Arimalade is an impact player and not the age where Calgary would normally let a guy get away. Yeah. He, so I, I'm on board with you with every single ounce of all that. My question is, why? Who are they spending the money on that they can't spend on him? Because I did see Dave Dickinson say that he believes yeah. – that, that Sean Lemon needs a little bit of a pay bump because of what he did last year. But we all know where Sean Lemon is at age. Yeah, the production was very good. But that defensive line, if I was betting on securing your future, it's on a Rimalade. It's not on Sean Lemon at this point, just based strictly on age and availability. So I, I don't know what Calgary is spending their money on that I don't see that's preventing them. And I know they're typically kind of slow in free agency. They re-sign their own guys. They're not super active, at least during the Huffnagel time of doing free agency. But this is your own guys. So this is why it's interesting to me. It doesn't really match the script of what Calgary has kind of been about for a long time. It, it has, and, and there's a, it's one of the things I need to do in the offseason is go back and look because there's this perception that Calgary knows when to let guys go. Well, Stanley Bryant's gone on to be pretty good since he left Calgary. And yes, they had Derek Dennis, I guess, in the pipeline when they let him go. So did they lose a bunch? Well, not a bunch, but they lost some. Charleston Hughes had a lot of good years after Calgary let him go. Uh, does anybody think Jameer Thurman is done? No, but they're going to let him go and, and get away to, what is it, Hamilton. Um, yeah, it's, I, this one I can't explain. I, I would understand Lemon, like Lemon was fantastic this year. Like, I mean, West Defensive Player of the Year. Fantastic this year. Uh, when you say he deserves a bump, but it probably won't be here, I get it because that's been, unfortunately for Sean, the, the story of his career, right? Edmonton had him in camp last year. And you don't think Edmonton would have liked would have liked Sean Lemon pressure off the edge this past season? Or, you know, Matthew Betts pressure off the edge or somebody else pressuring off the edge? Uh, would have been <laughs> would have been great. But, yeah, the, the Arimilade one – it's. I think it's Calgary to me, and I really have to look at it. I think it's overdone. In they know when to let guys go because they let guys. They've let some guys go early, as well. So, yeah. Let's. The story was nice and it's cute, but if you're letting a 27 year old walk, like I want, I want Julian Hauser. Like I want my next breath. I want him on my team. But Hauser's 31. Four extra years. Four, Marshall. You know I'm a numbers guy. I'm just gonna be four extra years of Remolade. Come on, man. Yeah, come it, on, man. That guy needs that guy needs all the money in the world. The Stampeders stuff reminds me a little bit of um, when the Patriots got credit for oh, they always know when to when to be done with a guy, right? Like that's why they're so cutthroat. And then they brought in Ocho Cinco and Albert Hainsworth, and we were like, oh, maybe they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like it was the well, same offseason. Yeah. 
Yeah, they got like Jamie Collins credit where Collins got a huge deal in Cleveland. Oh, turns out he can't play. Came back and he was a star just because we remember the times. But I mean, Calgary's got Vodders, uh, Mike Rose, Cam Judge, Brad Muhammad, Jonathan Moxie, and I assume Trey Roberson's under contract. Yeah. I like a lot of that, but I, I need I need more. Uh, I mean, and the the cap thing with them, like they they're paying Jake Mayer good quarterback money, but not a not unbelievable. Reggie Bagleton is on a. I I think it's less than Bagleton could get on the open market, seeing what other guys are getting. So that's a boon for them. They re-signed Malik Henry, I believe. So that's Henry must have got a real nice bump because he was a monster this year. Dennis Williams, McEwen, they need a right tackle. Kadeem Carey's under contract, great. But yeah, yeah. Letting, I, let, letting premium non-old players walk is is uh, is a confusing one uh, for me. How about uh, how, any any thoughts on the Red Blacks with uh, teams kind of Hamilton, a little further east, working in with well, the Red Blacks he, under Sean Burke? Yeah. So I, I by the way, I just wanted to say I think Reggie Begleton took that uh, mountain fishing discount that sometimes gets applied in Calgary. Uh, when you just feel like being able to escape anywhere that you'd like to just go a little further west and then go fishing. Uh, lots Love of lakes it. out there. So, uh, But I I wanted to mention Ottawa as our kind of wrap-up on this, which is your most outlandish prediction. Um, you know, the one that you think might be the most interesting if it does come to life. And the reason that I say that is, yeah, like Sean Burke has been active, obviously, and he is looks like going to hunt down Javon Santos Knox, middle linebacker, Wes Hills, get a power back in there. Um, Julian Hauser is, is another one that's being kind of rumored about in terms of Ottawa. I I really thought if I was Ottawa, I would be looking for explosive entertainment and I would go after Walter Fletcher. But oh yeah, it, it's not Walter Fletcher that I think could be the big move here. I've talked to some people who say Ottawa probably doesn't have the cap to be able to bring in Geno Lewis. But if you were able to, with Jeremiah Masoli's downfield passing tendencies and, uh, you know, being able to build up your offensive line, Drew Desjardins comes in. Ottawa is in a state now after Paul Apolise's era where they need to reconnect with their fans and show we're not just here to exist and, you know, host some fun event nights. We're here to win football games and to reward you for being season ticket holders because that fan base is unbelievable for me being there covering games. I couldn't believe how loyal they were through last season, really the last two years. And I think this is the one where, regardless of whether it's Gino or somebody else, there's going to be a Gino-like splash, I think, where, yeah, they're going to do the right thing and build out the roster the way that Burke sees it. And But if they were to get Gino, I love the idea of not just adding a huge amount of talent to your roster, but doing it to a team that you often play three, four times a season. Like when you can add to yours and steal from theirs, that could be, you know, the old baseball wins above replacement. That could be the difference of a game or two over the length of an 18 game season. And all of a sudden you're in the playoffs and they're not, or you have home field and they're coming to you. So I, I hope that Ottawa goes out and rewards their fan base by making a significant move and I think Gino Lewis would be an amazing one if they could pull it off but again I've heard the money might not make sense yeah Gino and Acklin mm-hmm. okay yeah I can I can get behind that um I was just thinking you made me think of stealing from Hamilton Jamal Roll but they're probably set it I mean they're set at the boundary corner with money Hunter could one of them move inside uh Micah Johnson I mean Devon Coleman fine but Micah Johnson 
leads the league and in, in pr- plays made behind the line of scrimmage on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, yeah they're, I, I like, uh, I like a lot of Ottawa. I was, I was the captain of the Ottawa train or the engineer on the Ottawa train last season. And then <laughs> Masoli got Marinoed and that was the end of all those wagers. But there's no reason to think that Ottawa doing it right. Can't be the best team in the East this year. Um, Jeremiah Masoli and Nick Arbuckle is cover at quarterback. That's a real good place to be. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what's the one for you that you think would jump off the page if it came to life? Oh, that's a that's a real good question. Who's available? Uh, Roll Jakara J- Davis is still available. Um, the one I would. Toronto's so boring. Montreal will bring back Tom Brady, or they've got something in the works. They've got something in the works. They just like Dominic Davis, so they're officially down to a Phil Pot, a Julian Grant, and three edge rushers. I think that's all they have left there. Oh, man, my guy, Nafis Lyon. Yes. Oh, the one. Where could we put. Could Arimalade go to Edmonton? Could he play in a three man front? Uh, who's, the, who's there? AC Leonard, uh, Jake Serezna. Avery Ellis. Okay, so maybe no. Uh, I, I, and it's, I wonder why we don't hear about some of the guys and if it's because their agents aren't plugged into the, to the dunks and the nailers and the, and the lulgies of the world, but no Rimalade, no, Sask, Sask opposite Pete Robertson, just, yeah. just blow it out. It's, it's a year after the Grey Cup. You thought we were going to make the run in time for the Grey Cup. No, we're doing it for the Hamilton Grey Cup because screw those guys <laughs> and just make a run at everybody. So Trevor Harris, Gino Lewis, Arimalade, just get all my absolute tier one and two free agents. Julian Hauser, just for fun, alongside Anthony Lanier and company. Um, yeah, it's, mm, yeah, I, I need, I need Arimalade to a, to a real good team and maybe not SAS just for my own personal well-being, just because yeah. I, I don't want to see him wrestling down Zach Kalaros and have to call that for folks, but <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that that's the guy that I I just can't believe I haven't heard anything and I'm I'm curious to see what happens six days from now because uh, to me that that that'll change a lot defensively for some team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's going to do it for us on the show for this week. We will reconvene once these things become official. Once we actually see how these rosters are going to shake out, and uh, I will make sure that I'm on a better Wi-Fi connection uh, so that it's not so annoying. Sorry to everybody out there. Guess there was any jumps and bites in here and there, but anyway, we're back. We're doing some shows for you, and we're happy to be here. So, uh, DT, thank you as always, and uh, looking forward to catching up with you. Uh, but people can follow along throughout the week leading up to free and see and see all your stuff at DT on OB is the best place to be able to get a hold of you. Correct. Yeah, that's the one. And then uh, uh, the 13th and 14th, all over CGOB. uh, And you can get that online because we'll have a top to bottom covering a free agency.